Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Woody Allen retrospective right here on planettyro.com. Guys, it's over. The movie review retrospective is finally over. I've done it. So, of course, I've brought back the man of unpopular opinion, the arse of the century, the man that is still lost in the woods forever. Simon <laughs> Rad is here with me in the studio, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not lost in the woods. I'm awake and y'all are still asleep. It's a metaphor. Wake up, wake up. Wake asleep. up, you're still asleep. <laughs> oh, Justin Timberlake. <laughs> Guys, last time we put an end to the retrospective, but we spoke about the most recent Woody Allen movie to date, which was Wonder Wheel. That movie and every other Woody Allen movie, television show special, every live action Everything. is in the Woody Allen retrospective playlist. We've got a separate website called WoodyAllenRetro.com. If you're on YouTube, it's on the screen right now. We've done it all, guys. It took us 2016, late 2016, to the beginning of 2018. It's been a two-year run. We've covered all the movies. It was a fun, albeit painful, adventure through the movie <laughs> series. There's been ups, there was downs, highs and lows. If you guys followed us through the whole thing, really, really thank you. So at this point, you might be thinking, what the hell is this about? I mean, you can see it in the title already. But of course, now that we've seen everything, we've seen it all, we can go back. We can start analyzing and having a fun discussion on what we think is the best, the worst, and the most underrated Woody Allen movies in his filmography up to March 2018 when we are recording this so i thought it would be interesting if i got simon because he's a man of a different unpopular opinion and myself i have very unpopular opinions as well and that's just to have that argument because people argue about top 10 lists all the fucking time yo this is like the most hype for the probably the most generic list people are ever gonna hear like seriously i'm looking at my list and i don't think this is gonna have any surprises whatsoever or maybe, maybe the surprise is going to be that there are no surprises. Or maybe people are dumb enough to not recognize these movies or what they are. Well, here's the thing. I wanted to make this a little bit more interesting because just doing a top 10 list video, which is coming, we're going to do just a generic top 10 Planet Tyro with the analyst, which we'll talk about at the end. That will come later. But this is a discussion. It's going to be a long one. We're going to talk about the movies we like, we love, we think is underrated. We're going to discuss it. We might even argue why we believe some of them are better than the others against our own list just for fun but before we do that before we talk about ours me and simon's i thought it'd be interesting to taste the water so look at the general consensus so what i did interesting to you i mean i don't particularly care about other people well to me i think it's always good to get a taste of what's going on outside in the world for the people who are listening who don't you don't just care about our perspective but want to actually hear us you know it's really good then to be completely insular, but to find out what's going on around you before you start criticizing people. Because honestly, I have my thoughts about what the general people think are the best. Mm -hmm. People always say, this is the best of the best. And obviously, we're not going to agree. So I wanted to widen this, just not be me and you, but what the other people think. So to that end, I thought I've got a good scope of what people think. So first of all, for some publications, let's go to Watch Mojo. Now, Watch Mojo is a very popular, the most nah, popular screw them. They top, don't 10, matter. top 10 website. And, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run through their top 10 Woody Allen list. You really don't have to. From 10 to 1. And it's going to be interesting talking about it. So, number 10, they got Crimes and Misdemeanors. Number 9, they got Sleeper. Number 8, they got Vicky Cristina Barcelona. Then they got Zelig. The Purple Rose of Cairo is next. Midnight in Paris is number 5. Stardust Memories, number four. Hannah and her sisters, number three. 
uh, Manhattan is number two and Annie Hall is number one. That what is a surprise. Great job, Watch Mojo, you s- collection of stupid fucking interns. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You say that, but I wonder what your list is like, Simon. So anyway, that was them. So now we're going to get to some of the more elite lists. And uh, we're going to talk about The Guardian. The Guardian is a very cool newspaper that a lot of these intellectuals love. And then number 10, going backwards, starts with Sleeper. Mm-hmm. Midnight in Paris. Stardust Memories. Oh, God. Love and Death. Take the Money and Run. Broadway Danny Rose. Hannah and her Sisters. Crimes and Misdemeanors. Number two is Annie Hall. And number one is Manhattan. Wow. Wow. I'm so shocked. That is the Guardian's top 10. Okay. <laughs> okay. I think we get the gist. Oh, we got two more. We got two more good ones. So. Oh, we need a basis, Simon. Stop being a little grumpy git before we get to ours and the world other people said. So, to, we've crammed two together, which is IndieWire and The Telegraph's worst Woody Allen. So, you didn't see our coming. The worst Woody okay, Allen. Okay, okay. So, we're getting, the, we're getting a broader scope now. We know what people generally seem to like, at least the three interns that are given the unrewarding job of putting together the top ten list. Now, let's see the worst of list, right? There you go. So... This actually is not in particular order. So this one... It's not also based on any particular facts, but yeah, carry on. Well, it's based on the website's opinions, on their staff or team's opinions. Like I said, not any particular facts. Thank you, Simon. So (laughs) their worst, Hollywood ending, Curse of the Jade Scorpion. Fuck you. Whatever works. Don't drink the water. (laughs) Fuck you. The double fuck you. (laughs) It's like I already hate these motherfuckers. To roam with love, shadows and fog, God damn it. This is not allowed. Scoop. Scoop. Anything else? Cassandra's Dream. Tall Dark Stranger. Melinda and Melinda. Celebrity. And lastly, a Midnight Somerset's comedy. That is what the basically the newspapers think are the worst. The journalists think are the worst Scrubs. when you have movies. So Scrubs. Okay, so that's the worst in general. Then we get to what the web's consensus is the most underrated. This is what the internet thinks is the most underrated. Will you? Nah, nah. Where does where is the source from this? Because I know you have you mentioned before you have a mystery. You have a not mystery, but you have a a surprise source. It's coming right? at the end. It's coming at the end. So it's after this actually. Uh, the, the poll. Yeah. You, the poll. Oh, the we're build, building up to something actually good. So okay. stick around. Sure. So the web's consensus on the most underrated Woody Allen movies, which I think is interesting again, underrated. Basically, all the people above, all the newspapers, everyone, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. fans, Stardust Memories. Oh, Jesus Christ. Most underrated they put out there. Uh, somebody bring out like uh, the the Dead Rabbit Stew, so I know this is a dream. Well, or... this is one. I You might say it was Stardust, but the next one, I'm like, Manhattan Murder Mystery. They say it's underrated. Okay, so <laughs> we'll, get, we'll, we'll be hearing about that later. So, Radio Days... <laughs> they say is very underrated. This, this is your favorite list so far. Hmm. Love and Death, they say is underrated. One of Simon's favorites without even mentioning it. Interiors, they say is seriously underrated. Have they seen the trailer for it? It doesn't really strike me as an underrated movie from hmm. the trailer. Well, against the masses, I would say. Sweet and Low Down, they say is underrated. Nah. Everybody says I love you, they say it's underrated. Some of this I agree with. The next one I wholeheartedly do. Another woman. They say it's extremely underrated. And the last one, which you'll see when on my list comes up, is Celebrity. 
They say celebrity is a very underrated to the anime. So movie. direct contradiction. Two lists in. I mean three technically, but we already have a contradiction about the same people talking about the same topic. Mm. Well done, journalism. Well, I don't know what to say. I'm, I disagree with about half of them. But, you know, we'll get to that because a lot of them are actually on my worst list, as you'll see. <laughs> all right. So now the most interesting thing is, apart from getting all this journalisms and websites and snooty people's opinions, we're getting to the Woody Allen fan pages who did a poll. Our friends over there, Danny and Cole, they actually put out a poll a couple of months ago asking the fans, the, the true fans, how they would rank the best Woody Allen movies. And, and that is a hardcore website. I mean, yeah. the, the, the the Woody Allen fans do come out of the woodwork for, to appreciate the hard work that guy puts into his fandom. And so I, yeah. so that, that holds some weight. Even if it's completely wrong, it does hold weight. I like this poll. And the way he did the poll, just for transparency, he just put all the movies out there and they voted on them. And I haven't heard the poll yet, so yeah. I don't know how to cast judgment. I'm, no. And I'm not even going to because it's people's opinion, you know, and everybody's opinion is different. But it will be interesting to see what actually that audience voted on. Okay, so the poll from the Woody Allen Pages fan site for the biggest Woody Allen movies, according to the fans, is number 10, Zalig. 9, Deconstructing Harry. Mm. 8, Match Point. Mm. 7, Blue Jasmine, six Purple Rose of Cairo, five Crimes and Misdemeanors, four Hannah and her Sisters, three Midnight in Paris, two Manhattan, and number one Annie Hall. I look at that list and I have to say, man, I'm kind of impressed because it's kind of a mix of predictability and what I truly believe deserves. That is a good, to me, that's a good top 10 list. It's a, it's a good mix. I would say it's like a good playlist for recommendations. Like if you would ask somebody who knows a lot about a particular artist, like give me a, a, a top 10 pay- playlist to get started. That's a good playlist to start off with Woody Allen. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, that, that was decent. I mean, you, you say predictable, but at, some movies kind of have to be there just because of the movies themselves. Yeah. So that's it. I just wanted to get a touch base on the people out there so we kind of know what the feelings are but to be honest with you i kind of already knew what people felt what people like what they didn't like so when we get to me and simon the guys who've actually just done this retrospective we finished all the movies we've had in-depth discussion on every single one of these movies our list might surprise some people because i, <laughs> yeah, I think something's the truth has come some things might have changed especially with me there's one movie in particular that i've gone back on and i'm like you know what People might think it would be in my worst after how much I've lambosted it, but there's definitely worst. But you know what I'm going to do, man? Because I've done most of the talk, I'm going to actually pass the mic to Simon first. So what we're going to do is we're going to start from best to worst. So what we're going to do is I'm going to ask Simon his top 10 Woody Allen best list. So we're starting with best first. Best first. And, and Let's start on the positive. And underrated will be sprinkled in between, right? If you want to do it that way. You want to do no, best no, underrated no, no. I, I have a top 10 list for everything. Okay. Best, worst, underrated. So it's I was going to do that. I was going to do that. I was going to do best, worst. Un- I was going to do it in that order. Okay. Best, worst, and underrated. I don't want to end it on negative. Let's leave underrated for last. I okay. Sounds okay. good to me. All right. So what you're going to do is you're going to give your 10. I'm going to tell you what I think about it. Oh, yeah. You're going to rate my list yeah, first. Yeah. I'm going to tell you how I feel about it. <laughs> And then you'll do the opposite on mine. It's okay. going to make it a much more interesting conversation. So okay. go for it, Simon. What is Simon Raz, the asshole of the millennials, top 10 Woody Allen list after all these fucking reviews? What are they, Simon? Well, first of all, Stardust Memories. <laughs> no, I'm fucking kidding. <laughs> is it? No, that's not in there. Spoiler alert. It's not. not in, and that's the interesting thing to me that 
uh, the the list from the Woody Allen pages, yeah, the fans list didn't have Stardust memories on there, which is surprising. Mm-hmm. Seeing, but in a positive way, I was like, man, people may be actually, you know, not as dumb when it comes to the audience on that side. You know, well, the fans weren't the one that made that uh, that opening trailer for Interiors. Those are critics, and I think critics are the ones that love Interiors, Stardust memories. And, no, no, and that, let's not put those two in one category. They're not uh, in one category. That's the point. That's the, they're not. But anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to... No, 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 that's fine. So with a little warm-up, small side note, even though it's a top 10 list, I don't particularly, like, I don't put it like, oh, this has to be the best, that has to be the You're best. You're not ranking them in order? No, not not in particular, because okay. I think you can look at it by a period. Like, Woody Allen, ironically, if you look at his work by decade, it's almost like 10 years is one period in his career where he does a particular style of uh, filmmaking or sure. he experiments with particular type of films or themes or genres. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of get at least two, three movies every 10 years that are really, really good. Sure. And that's most of the list. And then a, a few things that personally appeal to me. So, you know, what? actually on top of that, after we both go back and forth, mm-hmm. we're going to also see, we're going to give ourselves an opportunity to change our minds. If we convince each other, say, you know what, I'm going to go back. After we're done, we go back and say, you know what, I changed my mind. Maybe maybe I agree with you, I disagree. I think that's going to make it more interesting as well. Okay. So, okay. We'll, we'll leave that open. For, we'll, 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 we can leave that open. I, yeah. I'm, I'm open to challenge because uh, sure. I was, uh, I was uh, tempted to change one thing, but then I went with... Uh, I went with what I thought was right. All so right, let's go. Let, let's start. Let's start off. So I'm going to start off with uh, the Golden Trilogy, in my opinion. That's okay. my first three recommendations in my top 10 list. Any Hall, Interiors, Manhattan, back to back. Those three movies came out. I thought Any Hall and Manhattan are his two strongest, uh, you know, Woody Allen themed romantic comedies. Sure. They're the perfect mixture of an opinion piece, a romantic movie, a comedy, and a love letter to New York. Uh, so they work very well, and interiors is kind of the fifth side of that. All the, all the the problems, the drama, the philosophy, the 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 human condition, and the anxiety uh, that are the comedy elements in those two films are flipped around to be serious in interiors. We get an older cast, we get get uh, a more focused narrative about relationships and the human condition and dealing with you know the issues linked to possibly mortality and the lack of infinity so i just really think that's a strong combo he's very much at his peak as a as an experimental filmmaker he he's in his own own when it comes to his directing he grew as a writer he grew as a director He's great himself in a movie. So from Woody Allen's perspective, there's nothing to critique. And also, you can't talk about the golden age of Woody Allen without Diane Keaton, sure. who does her best work with him in these three films. In the fir- in Annie Hall in Manhattan as the romantic lead and as a, a comedic actress, as a fun, interesting, sexy, charming person, and you know, really shows the positive side of herself on screen and her of her own on-screen persona, matching mm-hmm. Woody's persona and in the interior she really shines as an actress as a serious actor and she really carries that movie as the protagonist and i really enjoyed her in that as well as the all-rounder cast i think that movie's re- a really strong drama and from somebody who just did it just to do a drama because he always had a dramatic vein and he only did comedies leading up to that point mm-hmm. i think it's a really successful experiment moving on 
we're going to go into another very strong decade for Woody, in my opinion, the 90s. We talked about how we enjoyed most of the movies he did in the 90s mm. as people who maybe for some reason tuning in for the final discussion, Woody Allen more or less made a movie per year for most of his filmography. Not in the 70s, but from the 80s, yeah. 90s, 2000s, and now the 2010s. It's one movie at least per year yeah. written and directed by him. So the 90s was pretty good, uh, I would say. And the two gems that I highlight are my personal favorites, Husbands and Wives and Deconstructing Harry. Mm-hmm. Both um, uh, kind of a step outside of the box for him. He's more vulgar. He's more aggressive. His leads cuss more. They think out loud. It's uh, more in your face, but it's very, very funny. A good deconstruction of relationships. A very honest and a very real movie about divorce, uh, the problems with love, the problems with modern relationships, the problems with old customs of moving together, getting married, and really the problems of the type of characters Woody Allen plays or writes about. Somebody who's a bit narcissistic, somebody who's maybe too smart, too woke, too intelligent for his own good. A, a great opinion piece and character piece and just very entertaining movies. It's hard to tackle subject matters like that in, in a comedic, charming fashion, but also stay very intelligent. And just the sheer amount of TV shows and other movies that ripped off elements that he put in this movie as a director just to experiment, like interviewing the different characters, seeing things from the point of view of a reporter or a psychiatrist, and just the way the narrative was constructed with editing, with the timeline, in both cases is just very well done, and they flow beautifully. And yeah, just really well-made movies, very funny, very entertaining, definitely recommend. Then jumping over to the 2000s, I got to highlight Matchpoint. Again, probably his most accomplished movie. If somebody says this is the best movie Woody Allen ever did, I can disagree with it. Mm-hmm. It's everything he stands for as a director, all his opinions about life, about death, about consequence, about crime, about love, about relationships. All in a, a brilliantly crafted movie. Both of us praise it to infinity. Sure. It's a great thriller. Scarlett Johansson, fantastic. Just a fantastic discovery. Absolutely memorable performance. Everybody else in the movie is great as well. I'm not going to go on about it. It's uh, retracking the same grounds. It's just a perfect movie, really. Perfect movie. Perfectly written, perfectly directed, perfectly acted. Next up, uh, one of my personal favorites when I watched it in the theater, uh, which is Midnight in Paris. Big surprise for me. I knew Woody Allen uh, from back in the day, watching his old movies with my mom. And then I watched this in the theater and I was like, this was awesome. Mm. It's just a, a great character study of um, somebody dealing with uh, the uh, personal issues in the 2010s and having this very common theme of love for retro, wanting to go back in time, feeling like you're born in the wrong decade. I think the movie has a very interesting spin on that idea and highlights the pros and cons. And just to see Woody Allen's diversity in terms of making a sci-fi movie or a fantasy film in his own way, that he can do so many different genres and tackle his subject matters and things he likes to write about in all these different ways. And just again, the movie has its charm, one of the most beautiful pieces of cinematography ever, which again, kudos to somebody who's a self-taught director to be able to work with a cinematographer so efficiently. Love Letter to Paris. Just again, a great movie. Moving forward, I would say my next film, which is number 
eight at this point would be Sleeper. No, okay. it's not number eight because you bundled a lot of movies together, but don't worry. No, just... yo, yo, I'm making the list, okay? And <laughs> on this list, the eighth movie I'm mentioning okay, out of ten. Okay, okay, you're happy now? Gotcha, yeah. The eighth movie, I mean, people count, can count, I hope. But anyway, we're almost done. Eight movie Sleeper, again, sci-fi movie, highlights Woody's diversity. For me, his humor and that, in terms of the future, commenting about lazy liberals and idiot Republicans, I can't get enough of that. It, to me, the movie was hilarious. Just seeing Woody Allen, young Woody Allen, and when I say young, I mean like mid-40s or something. <laughs> he just always looks old, but, you know, early in his career, Woody Allen as the hero a Flash Gordon-style hero yeah. in this futuristic, dystopian adventure is just hilarious. Uh, lots of fun facts up to, you know, things like uh, Joel Schumacher doing the costume design for the movie and all sorts of, you know, fun trivia pieces that we, we read about the Woody Allen Pages Guide. It just makes the movie better. I think it's an interesting sci-fi piece from the 70s. And it's just very entertaining if you're a Woody Allen fan or if you're new to Woody Allen in general. Then, the only movie on the list that is not directed by Woody Allen is Played Against Sam. I was mm. thinking, should I put this on there? Should I not put this on there? But mm. I got to be honest, in terms of enjoyment factor, it's definitely up with the others. It definitely belongs in the top 10 for me. Sure. As much as how much I enjoyed the movie it's Woody Allen doing some of his best writing. He wrote it as a play. He didn't think about it as a film, but he did the movie anyway as an actor, and he did adapt the screenplay. I think you said this when we f watched it first, that this kind of feels like a test drive for Annie Hall. Yeah. Because, obviously, Woody and Diane Keaton worked together on the play for Play It Against Sam first. Mm -hmm. And then she was in the movie with Tony Roberts, who's a close-time friend, uh, a longtime friend, a very close friend to Woody Allen, who also worked with him on the play as well. So it's kind of like they got the cast of the play to be in the movie, and they all became really good friends. And then they did Annie Hall and many other movies together. So it's a special film from that perspective that this was really the starting ground of the golden age of Woody Allen. But if you look at the movie itself, it has some of his most memorable quotes when Woody... When people think about uh, Woody Allen's on-screen persona and his humor and his contribution to uh, comedy and romantic comedy and film, this movie's it. This is one of the best in that category, and it's really, really enjoyable. I like watching it. I think it has great rewatch value, even 40 years into the future. So, yeah, highly recommended. And the last one, I was thinking, okay, should I do a personal gem? A lot of stuff that's in my underrated list, or should I go with what I think mm -hmm. is part of his m more accomplished movies, like one of his his most accomplished projects as a director and writer combination? Again, a movie that doesn't really feature him. Yeah, and yeah, I just went with that because I thought the movie's just that good, is just that well made, and that's uh, Ricky Cristina Barcelona. Sure, Scarlett Johansson again, terrific. We talked about Javier Bardem, how the role was written for him and it would be a completely different movie without him probably without him the movie wouldn't even work just the setting the idea Penelope Cruz again so memorable and the fact that they got married with Javier Bardem off 
of working together in that movie just shows. Lily Cuckoo's got so much mileage out of this movie. <laughs> oh yeah, she definitely did. So but, much mileage. She, and she got the nomination for the movie as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, most definitely. And when I think of her career, I think it's my favorite performance from her. Don't blame me. Don't yeah, blame so again, not much to say to that, except it's just a very well-made movie. So again, there are some things here where Woody shines with being experimental and young and new to the scene and doing something different. And then on the flip side of it, you have movies like Ricky Cristina Barcelona, where he shines as a classic director, somebody sure. who knows the craft, knows storytelling, knows good writing, knows characters, knows directing, and knows how to set the mood, tone, and really draw you into the world of the film, where you feel like you're in there on this vacation with the characters. Mm, man, see, I have a very big problem with your list already. Uh, I, I, guess what? I guess what? I don't care. But and yeah, the problem is go there ahead. is a lot of overlap. <laughs> so we got a lot of the same movies on here. <laughs> so, so much for uh, a <laughs> surprising discussion, right? Oh, there's differences though, and there's only one okay. movie on your list that I was kind of like, even in the review, I was like. I just don't love it, and I really want to. And I've got a, I've got a movie in place of it because our list is about sixty percent similar. The movie you said, because everything you said about every other movie, I'd have nothing to comment on. I completely agree. The only movie that just didn't, I really wanted it to wow me, didn't was just Sleeper Man. Um, Woody, it was halfway there for me. It okay. was a good comedy. I don't know, man. Maybe it was too slapstick for me. There was something about it that just didn't win. And when there's a movie that in my list is to me a bit of a placement for it. And okay. Let me go through my list and then you can go All on. Right. Again, because you brought down what I like about the movies, the movies you mentioned, I don't need to go into it because you did it for me anyway. Sure. So do my the number, list then. My number 10 movie, which is the sleep of a placement to start, by the way. And I, and it's just like um little side note. We spoke, I spoke to um, Simon about Will Smith and one of his best movies was actually his first movie, Six Degrees of Separation, yeah, which yeah, I yeah. think is a super strong movie. Very risky role for him, but very well acted. And I have to tell you, man, take the money and run. That is Woody's that first fully controlled movie. That is a fantastic comedy. I actually think it might be Woody Allen's best comedy, his first comedy from beginning to end. It's a semi-documentary story about this guy who you know it's 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 a by it's a kind of a fictional biography on Woody Allen himself but he's a criminal and there's all these sight gags in the movie like bananas as well and, which and very influential very and very funny and it's a and this is the Woody Allen people miss for soul on the comedy Woody Allen I don't think his comedy got better than this either bananas was good as well bananas there's half of that movie that just kind of fails for me this is just the best Woody Allen comedy I think when you watch it today it's a kind of a, it's an icon of his time. When you watch the movies, you get a feel of the 60s, a goofy comedy. But Woody's got, still got really smart writing here. There's a narrative here. There's the bank joke. There's so many isolated jokes in the movie. This makes me laugh. The only kind of criticism I have for the movie is after we watched the movie, we found mm -hmm. out that he had a darker ending yeah. for the movie, which would have tied up in a better narrative way. But the ending in this is fine, just more comedic and just makes the movie a comedy overall. But the, ending he had in mind which you guys can check out the Woody Allen pages watch this guy he'll tell you what happened in the ending the I tragic love that ending the tragic. yeah it's a tragic ending but to be honest with you it's to me it would have played like a comedy because it's so ridiculous even that <laughs> so but going through my list I don't like I'm gonna save a lot of time because you spoke for me so I don't need to explain all these other movies so again not in order after take the money in run is any hall you've already spoken about it I don't think you brought this up because I can't remember already now but Purple Rose of Cairo 
is a movie that mm. it's a great movie. I love the fantasy of it. I love Woody Allen sprinkling fantasy in this very ordinary woman's life, and it's so surreal. And he take he pushes that fantasy to a level which is relatable because this character, Mia Farrow, who's music at the time, the thing that she's going through in her life, which isn't going right, she's got a, a horrible husband and she's so bored, but she loves the movies. And even the fact that the characters in the movie are having this crisis as well. And then it gets even stranger when Jeff Daniels' character in real life confronts his fake character. Woody just takes it to a level. And then the ending, the ending that is so memorable. One of my all-time favorite movies. So I love Pepper Rosa Cairo. The next movie, Simon has a problem with, out of the bat. And I have a problem with the movie. But in the review, I told you I still love the movie. And overall, it's just, I think Woody Allen put too much in the movie. Still one of my favorites is Hannah and the Sisters. The thing is, like I said in the the review, it's two movies in one. He's got this drama with the sisters, Michael Caine on the side. But then he's got this Woody Allen comedy where he's having some (laughs) religious crisis. And they're so good. And here's the thing. I love the acting in this as well. I love, um, what's my, what's my girl's name? Michael Caine. Michael Caine and Diane Weez. Diane Weez is a weasel silly sister in the beginning and then she ends up falling in love with Woody Allen at the end. But Michael Caine is so silly. But it's still a good drama as well. My problem with the movie, it's just, it's kind of 75% one tone, 25% the other. But I still really like the story because it's a good drama. I think it's a good drama and a good comedy. And again, I don't like when Woody does this because... Again, if I move to Crimes and Misdemeanors, another movie where he's put a very dark drama element, but he's got a light romantic comedy element with me if I were again. One of my favorite movies is in my list. The next movie, which is Match Point, is a bit stronger. Oh, yeah. So, again, I'm just running through these. So, those are mine. Got a few more. Deconstructing Harry is, is, is such a strong movie. It's a magnificent movie. Great skits. Great narrative. Very, very raw. I wish Woody Allen took it there. This is a... One of Woody Allen's rawest films, but a stellar cast. Absolutely stellar cast. Fun off the wall. This just was an electric shock to the Woody Allen fans. It was even kind of a gamble because he just really pushed what he had in Husbands and Wives to a new extreme. And again, Husbands and Wives, again, is in my top. So I've only got, I think, one more, le- two more left, actually. One you're not going to like. Husbands and Wives mentioned as well Vicky Cristiano Vicky Cristiano Barcelona as you ended your list off with it's just a great romance but exploration of love and finding yourself and I think Scarlett Johansson just plays that so marvelously through the movie there's so many characters you can go with in that movie even, even Rebecca Hall's character who's this staunch toffee-nosed character side note I just watched her recent movie which is uh, Dr. Marston and the Wonder Woman she's really good in that movie but she's playing a very similar role mm-hmm. she plays in this movie I highly recommend that Wonder Woman movie by the way great movie the last movie this was one I was debating it came down to two movies to finish my 10 okay but you have Manhattan in there right? Uh, no I don't have Manhattan in here wow Manhattan is not in my top 10 because Manhattan I'm glad you brought this up it's not in my underrated or worst either well Manhattan, obviously it's not underrated yeah no not to me Manhattan yeah. is just great visuals, but the actual love story, I don't think it's that special. I don't think people go to Manhattan for the love story. I think they go for the visuals, and that's I, it. I, I don't know. You know, it, there is that bittersweet ending with the young girl, but I guess it, that's a taboo with the description. It is, but I don't I don't even believe Woody Allen loved it. I think at the end of the movie, Woody Allen... Is just at a desperate place. Exactly. 
And but the, th- th- the shots are amazing. The shots of where he's running, you know, and waiting there, all of that's great. But when I look at the story, the actual character story, I don't really give a shit about any of the characters in Manhattan at all. I don't care about none of them. They're all shitty people. Even Diane Keaton, who just jumps back and forth and Woody Allen's best friend. I'm just like, it's a visual masterpiece, guaranteed. But if it wasn't that visually good, I wouldn't care. And the thing about Annie Hall, which I'm sure I mentioned if I didn't, come on. Annie Hall is that it doesn't even rely on visuals. It relies on gags and stuff like that and cutaways. But the narrative is so strong. He could have done it on a shoestring budget and it would have hit just as hard. The characters and all that. So Manhattan to me... It just isn't even in my top ten. It's a good movie though. Don't get me wrong, but I just, it's kind of forgettable to me if it isn't for the for the visuals. I like the dialogue in there a lot. I thought it was really funny, but um, I, I guess you know to each of his own. But the two movies I'm gonna that I I know mine even went a bit longer than yours now. But oh shit, another woman. <laughs> I knew of course I mean another woman. I love another woman. I don't really want to get into it now. It's I think it's obviously underrated. It, it, it is your that. favorite. It's my favorite Woody Allen movie. Period. It's a it's a very focused drama on a character piece. I think it's Woody Allen's best single focused character piece. It's just all about this one woman and her life and just all that. Listen to the review. I gagged about it. I'm actually going to do another review on it because our review there were some audio quality issues there. But the movie the the movie that I was ifing up and about is actually a movie you just think is forgettable. You said this multiple times. Is Bullets Over Broadway mm-hmm. over? Play it again, Sam. These two. Now, when we when we first spoke about Play It Again, Sam, that was in my top three Woody Allen movies. But to be honest with you, the Woody Allen character, because I've been watching the retrospective, I've seen that character so much. A lot. Yeah. It kind of lessened it, my I just love wish for the we movie. Could figure out who inspired Woody Allen to write a character like that, because I still don't know <laughs> what got the influence for. Exactly. So when I watched it, I was kind of like, I love the Humphrey Bogart angle. And I love the romance. But apart from the Humphrey Bogart angle and him being the conscience in that movie, I prefer Annie Hall. Because again, it is a pretty to Annie Hall. That's why Bullets Over Broadway, I love it because it's it's a great stage play. I love all the characters in it. I think it's, you know, you love Cheech. How can you? You love Cheech, son. I, I love know you Cheech, love Cheech. But the, it, the movie's not called Cheech. <laughs> Over Broadway. But he's a good element and they're trying to make a play in here. Diane Weiss as well. There's a famous behind the scenes thing about Diane Weiss in the making of the film. She, yeah, yeah, she yeah. didn't think she was right for the role. Woody Allen had to force and convince her to be and, in the and role. And they did several scenes that were terrible and then they had to go back and reshoot the scenes. Yeah. And it worked out in the and end. And she overacts and it's so great. The movie just puts a smile on my face. It's, a, it's one of Woody Allen's best movies about Hollywood. But I'm going to get back to that later. So that's my top 10 list. Again, if you guys got lost in the source, I'll quickly run through it. Take the Money You Run, Annie Hall, Pepper Rose of Cairo, Hannah and Her Sisters, Another Woman, Husbands and Wives, Bullets Over Broadway, Deconstructing Harry, Vicky, Vicky Christina Barcelona, and Match Point. Those are my top 10. And again, we're 60, 70% the same. I just have a few changes there. So I'll let you comment on mine now, since <laughs> which you kind of did anyway. Uh, the, you know, uh, another woman, that's your thing. You know, you like that movie. That's fine. Um, I think you will see some of the movies you mentioned on my other lists. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. <laughs> you know what, other... the next list we're getting to the worst of, huh? <laughs> um, You will see in a minute. Yeah. yeah. So they will make a comeback. Uh, actually, the story you told about Diane Weiss, I was going to mention it related to a different movie. So we'll see how you react to I that. I bet I know it is. Uh, so I mean, if you're gonna jump straight into worse, you're not, gonna be you might no, as well no, no, not 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 in terms of worse. Yeah, uh, it's on the underrated list. But um, the only thing that surprised me was Manhattan. I know you you 
what interiors is to me is another woman to you like you said what sleeper is to me is uh take the money and run yeah to you exactly. and uh, to me i almost put take the money and run on there because it's really a very strong debut for him very. it's just to me that's like a stereotypical uh, it's so strong it like defines the rest of his career so sure it, it just missed out on the spot and i want to make it a bit more personal to me sure I thought that just Manhattan surprised me. I didn't know you're going to put something else instead of Manhattan, oh, like Hannah yeah. and her sisters or something. Yeah. That's going to surprise a lot of people that I don't, I don't think Manhattan's that great. As yeah. A, as but, a, you know, it, yeah. it's your list. You can, I'm sure if, if it was top 15, it would be in there. Yeah, probably top 15. Yeah, maybe. so like Broadway, Broadway I, I think for me, because I didn't like the movie No, that's the one. I knew you'll be like, no. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so the one you, you, you put yeah. Bullets Over Broadway over Manhattan. I was like, what the, what the hell? Where, where is that's just going? more of a favorite thing. But to be honest with you, I think it's a light, it's a very light comedy. It's not a strong narrative. It's a light comedy. Yeah, but it is a favorites list. So Sure. Yeah, let's exactly. move on. Hated. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy this one. I really am. Uh, but you uh, get to go first. The most hated Woody Allen. Because I'm telling you, when I went over, because I read what the newspapers ones was above, the other people's, but boy, mine, you're not going to like it, Simon, because there's some that mean you argued about. Uh, you oh. get to go first. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, well, uh, first things first then. And I am, I am actually going to do this in order because I sure. have an order That's fine. for this. That's fine. So let's start from the bottom. Number 10, An Irrational Man. Now, let me explain this one. Sure. It was a toss-up between this and Melinda and Melinda, where I think the concept is really good for the movie, yeah. but the end result isn't. But I thought... That's fair. Watching Melinda, Melinda, there's still enough there with this double film, one half a comedy, one half a drama, to get you through the movie. Like, okay, that was interesting, but it w I wouldn't rewatch it again, and it wasn't that good to begin with. Where Irrational Man, great idea, and the movie's not unwatchable, like it's technically flawed or it's terrible it's just it's not interesting at all the sure. narrative drops and i think wow this could have been so much better i've seen woody allen do so much better because i had nine movies and i was thinking okay what else can fit in here that made the cut number nine you will meet a tall dark bullshit i of mean of course of course seriously that film it's part of, I guess, the UK-focused Woody Allen when he was making films in the UK. Same themes of people divorcing, getting older, midlife crisis, writer with writer's block. The movie doesn't really go anywhere, and it's boring to watch. Can I jump in here? You know, one thing that really bothers me, because it's on my list as well, so I'll just take no, the time yeah, You might as well in. just mention it now, right? You know, man, the one thing that bothered me about this movie, which is so ironic, in the Woody Allen documentary, this is the movie we got to see the behind the scenes of. <laughs> yeah yeah it, how ironic is that though it's the worst if one. they would have waited a little bit longer we could have seen midnight in paris because that was the movie he did after this one unanimously by the way this is one of his absolute most hated and i actually think it's one of his weakest until it's not on my list i'm gonna throw it in there right now until we saw crisis and six scenes which i think is the worst thing he ever did but uh <laughs> yeah, but yeah probably but it's not on my list either because i just i just removed that that to me that's like a project that doesn't even warrant the Woody Allen movie status because it's a series after all. Sure, it's a TV sure. show or a, a series that's more accurate nowadays. Mm -hmm. Anyway, moving on. Number eight, a Hollywood ending. Um, this came up before on one of the lists. I'm not surprised. It is a film that promises a lot with the title and it doesn't deliver. No. Woody Allen goes blind. An opportunity that was missed. They didn't. They, I, I, nobody on set could decide what they wanted to do. Is this supposed to be funny or tragic? 
Did they bring in the angle with the son, which is the most interesting relationship in the movie, but sure. it comes near the end. Yeah. So you don't have time to explore. Yeah. And in terms of Woody Allen as a writer, one of his most famous attributes is he writes the best female characters in movies. A lot of his lead actresses win Oscars in movies he directs with characters he wrote. And here he has a female lead who's all about... I, I'm going to do my thing. I'm done with my ex-husband. I'm not controlled by my current husband. This is my career, my project. I'll m work with anybody and anything to get it done. And at the end, she drops it and goes back to her old husband just because. I mean, I don't know what kind of narrative is that. It just feels like the movie had to wrap up. So let's do that. There's some form of irony in there with like, okay, you didn't want a Hollywood ending. Well, you got a Hollywood ending, but... The rest of the movie ain't that deep, so you can't go that deep at the end, you know. I guess Woody had the idea, he just didn't have the roadmap how to get there. Yeah. Number seven, anything else? Yes, I would have loved to see, have seen anything else about this movie. You know, I've really got to jump in and just say what's on both of us. This is on both of us, because I'm not going to waste my time. No, I'm not even yo, upset. Go this ahead, because I don't have much to say about anything else anyway. This movie is an absolute waste of time, and we both praise the cinematography, which is amazing, which is the only such a redeeming waste of film. The only reason I would say anybody to put this movie on in the background on a Sunday. You know, it's a chore to watch this movie, this relationship, where you just hate both of the characters. The, the doormat boyfriend who's just... I love Christiana Ricci, Ricci even... I'm going to be, you know, a sexist pig and say she's a beautiful woman, but... <laughs> yeah, but you even, awful person, how dare you? But even, even if you're hypnotized or, you know, pussy whipped or whatever... The things that she's putting him through, it's like, why? And you don't sympathize with him because he's, he's spouting all this intellectual, you know, that Woody Allen stuff again, but it's not even justified. Like, why are you even bothering? It's a waste of time. The movie's long. It brings in more characters. It's long. What a waste of Danny DeVito. Oh, my God. <laughs> Danny DeVito, and you don't do nothing with him? This movie is fucking irritating. I really didn't like this movie. It's definitely on my list. Oh, yeah. Now... At number six, we're going to go into a bit of a phase with movies that Woody Allen is featured in, no, but didn't direct. Now, there are a couple of TV movies that I excluded, similar sure. to, um, you know, uh, Crisis and Six Scenes, because yeah. they were just not worth a mention. During the retrospective, I always said, I think Woody Allen has a good dramatic vein. He never trusted himself enough for audiences to accept him as a serious actor when it came to those projects because he would just make people laugh all the time. But I wanted to see him do more as an actor with other directors. And Played Against Sam was a testament to that, how good that can work if he wrote the script. Sure. We talked about uh, Don't Drink the Water that had two separate film adaptations. One he did for f television and one done that was done before he... That was, was a feature movie, by the way. Was a feature, the first one was yeah, the, the first one, one was a feature was movie. was a feature movie, Before yeah. Woody's career picked off yeah, yeah. as an as a actor-director, writer-director... So I always want them to make that movie with the director I played against Sam and it never happened with Diane Keaton starring in the film. And after that, after The Front, uh, which was another movie that Woody Allen did just as a, I guess, as an experimental project and nobody else would do it because it was controversial subject matter. He took a break. And when he came back, he didn't really come back strong with any projects. And from the few he did... Number six is picking up the pieces. 
the turn of the millennia. It's How could a, you hate this movie, man? <laughs> He's so silly. It's a new millennia, but the same bullshit. I mean, wow. It, it has a very promising setup because you have never seen Woody Allen like this. This movie he's, is head to toe ridiculous, Simon. It's he ridiculous. is. He's playing a butcher in Texas uh, or a butcher Mexico. Magician. A butcher magician in Texas and Mexico who killed Sharon Stone, who, by the way, is his wife for some reason, being hunted by a, a sheriff called Bobo, played by Kiefer Sutherland. And then the dead wife's chopped up hand gains magical powers and starts healing all the New diseases of Earth. Where Ross from Friends is a preacher having sex with a hooker in some Mexican-American Texan town somewhere close to the border where all this unfolds. And you think... This sounds like the most ridiculous, Doesn't hilarious Joseph movie. Joseph Gordon-Levin had zits or something? He has spots on his oh, face? Oh, I forgot he's playing a Mexican in there. Yeah, there. Joseph like, Gordon-Levin. That, <laughs> that would not fly today. And when you hear the premise, you're like, I need to watch this movie. This yeah. sounds crazy. This sounds so hilarious. And yeah. it's super dull. Ah, oh, come on, we Simon. Also, I mean, there are more interesting things about the film. Like You we, do not laugh. This movie is dumb. The, the movie is dumb. It's dumb just fun. It's too long. It's long. long. It is long, it, though. It's too it's long. Really like, long. they should have kept it short and let all the stupidity unfold. There's also the rumor that the writer... I was Woody, just about to say, uh, you know how much Woody loved, Woody I loved the movie. <laughs> yeah, the, the, Woody, I loved the movie so much that there's a rumor that the writer this movie is credited towards is actually him under an alias because nobody met the guy. No one's met this guy. He doesn't have any credits. <laughs> he doesn't have any other credits except this movie. He just sold the screenplay out he of disappeared. nowhere. Yeah, he disappeared along with the hand from the film. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. It's similar to An Irrational Man in a sense where you would think the premise would amount to more and it didn't. And yeah, just in terms of enjoyment factor, I really dropped this movie after half an hour and just had a hard time getting invested or having fun even with all the opportunity to make a lot of good jokes and the director himself is more known for indie dramas and he had one really nice scene with like the preacher and the hooker realizing their feelings for each other in the rain and i'm like this doesn't fit at all with the rest of this ridiculous nonsense this is bizarre this is not only a bizarre with the allen movie on its own you just put this on you're like what the fuck what am I watching? This is bizarre. But I love it because it's so bizarre. Well, that's good for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not in any, it's not in any of my list, though. Don't get that twisted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not, you don't love it enough to put it on a list. Nah, but yeah. nah, nah, nah. Anyway, number five. We're halfway through. Scenes from a mole. I, I knew this was coming. How can you not mention this piece I of shit? I knew this was coming. Yeah. For reference, just listen to the discussion again. Nothing else to add. It's a piece of shit. I mean, really... It's the anti-Woody Allen movie. Another great setup with him playing a guy from California with a with a with a boat. What, what did he? He had a ponytail in this one, and he was walking around wearing colorful Adidas jumper suits, like jumpsuits, like you know the one you wear for jogging and stuff. And you, when you're stay home dad, you know, Simon, I'm gonna let you move on because we're gonna be coming back to this. Movie. Uh, we, uh, yeah, we're gonna be coming back, and I don't want to talk about it anyway. Yeah. I, I send my piece number four, probably. One of my most hated ones, Alice. This movie only exists because Mia Farrow couldn't do Another Woman because she was pregnant at the time. It's a stupid retrack of the idea with some magical Hong Kong hypnotized It's, re it's another bizarre, poses. really plain, it's a waste. It is really, really wasteful movie. But again, Woody Allen had some good performances with yep. Woody Allen as a director. 
But here, who was the trench coat guy again? I can't remember his name. Ah, uh, who cares? <laughs> so you know, I I don't care enough. The love I, interest, he, I, I, the love interest. He was a naked going in the girls, the the, the, girl, the woman's changing room. Remember when Mia Farrow gave him the potion? The first oh, thing he I did. forgot about the rapist moment. Yeah, you know, where again he goes in naked into the room. Oh yeah, the guy who who spent his entire career in the same trench coat. That's like, what I said. <laughs> every movie has that one trench coat on. Yeah. yeah. I I forgot about that. He guy. was actually in the Big Sick last year. Big. He was actually the 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 um the father in the Big Sick. So I can't remember his name. That's really great for him. So he can play any ethnicity apparently as well. Because <laughs> I didn't know that guy was Indian, but maybe the people. No, he's a white woman's daughter actually. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> but no, he, he has played a lot of this season's career, but we're getting off topic. What, whatever. That's how interesting this movie is. You would rather talk about anything else. And I don't mean no, it, not anything that else, the movie. Not that movie. <laughs> Alice, big skip. That's why Definitely. it's so high on the list. Definitely. Number three will piss you off. Hannah and her sisters. Not really. I Because we spoke why you don't like the movie. I spoke to your girl why she don't like the movie. I spoke to a lot of people that don't like the movie. Yeah. And I understand. I said why I think it's decisive. He put too many things in the movie. I, I would put this on an overrated list. That's why it's sure. on the worst list. Because I think the parts with him, with his personal crisis and making fun of religion are golden. It's yeah. hilarious. Michael Caine. <laughs> Whatever he's doing, I, know I can't. I can't stop myself. I just, I, I just can't understand. This is. I, I'm in love with you, even though I'm married to your sister. How does that make you feel? Do you feel aggravated? Do you want some water? I'm a terrible <laughs> person. I just can't leave her. I just can't. What have I done? You're suffocating me with your with you asking questions like where I've been today and how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. I don't know what the hell he was doing as an actor. I know he he won an Oscar for the role. Yeah, yeah. but. To me, it's, it's a, comedic. His role, it, it, his role was kind it, of half comedic, half dramatic. I couldn't take it seriously. Sure, sure. And the whole idea that okay, Hannah just got screwed, but whatever. I wish the movie would have driven that point home. And Woody Allen himself said he had a much darker, tragic yeah. ending for this. And then for some reason, he chickened out. He chickened out. He chickened out. He made it all happy, happy, and it didn't work for me. I wanted to see all the parts he wrote for his character in a separate film a stronger film about the religious commentary and all that comedy. Yeah. And I want the Hannah and sisters storyline to, to be, be a more serious film. Exactly. With Michael Caine's character really being challenged harder and pushed to, to the edge. And I, you know, maybe, I that, hear that, you, man. I hear you know, you. maybe that movie's called match point. You never know, mm. <laughs> which is actually set in England where it's appropriate for him to have that thick ass accent. I know why he can live in the United States, but originally it was supposed to be, uh, Gene Hackman or somebody else, and then Michael Caine came yeah, up on board, that's and, correct. and he nailed it. I guess for somebody, I for can't me, hate you for that. Honestly, I do think this movie I, narratively because, he's, because it's yeah. so popular. I was just like, nah. Yeah. To me, this is this is bad. This is a this is a failed Woody Allen project. In a way, yeah. I, in a way, it is a mess of a script. I won't give you that, but it's actually one of my favorite Woody Allen movies. But yeah, that's fine. Mm -hmm. So a bit of contradiction there between the two of us, or at least we don't see eye to eye on that one, most definitely. Mm -hmm. Number two, again, we're getting to the bottom of the shit pile with this one. Everything you want to know about sex, but you were too afraid to ask or whatever the longest title for this movie was. I was, I was going to put this on my list, but the problem is he's got two skits in here, which are legendary. And that I makes know. it more... It's not a great movie, to be honest with you, but those movies keep it for me from being in the bottom of the pile. Because I, the, I know, I, yeah. I know how you feel. Yeah. From that perspective, it's same to Hannah and her sisters were 
there is good stuff there. Yeah. But the project itself as like what's supposed to be this hilarious comedy in a long scenes. And I think this is up until this day, his most expensive movie ever made mm. in the period, the seventies where he was just hit after hit after hit. He could do no wrong. This movie is so dull and unfunny for the most part. I was watching it and I couldn't believe it. I was like, you basically had unlimited range with all these talented actors, all this money to make any comedy you ever wanted, all these spoof ideas for horror movies, sci-fi movies, period pieces, uh, medieval, I guess, uh, cosplay, whatever. Interesting. He tried to make genres. He tried. Yeah. He tried something, but... Uh, and yeah. it's just not funny. And, and It's not I know, really funny. And yeah. not, I know humor is subjective, but here I just really thought the movie's dull for the most part. And it it's is. supposed to be old jokes. Yeah, you know? yeah. There's nothing else here. You can't take it seriously. It's Come a on. sketch movie. 12, I think there's like eight skits and only two of them are good. Maybe yeah. 10 or two. It's really, it's a low, a low ratio. 20 to 80% good is not good at all. So yeah. You can watch those two clips on YouTube and be done. <laughs> I, I, absolutely. And number one, this will surprise nobody who listened to this whole project with us. Stardust fucking memories, man. I am still trying to figure out what the hell was going on when this movie was made and i understand i listened to all the commentary of what woody allen was trying to do with the visuals the metaphors the ingmar bergman influence the dead rabbit stew and the vision when the dead rabbit enters his psyche and causes him a, a psychological nightmare delusion emphasizing his future visions about his trip in an absurd reality that was actually a third dimension within the film that the filmmaker envisions for the audience but also the main protagonist and i'm like what the fuck is going on the movie's boring okay you can't put so much stuff in a movie and end up with something that's completely dull and i don't even like the fans my favorite parts of the movie are woody allen's character just going downtown and talking shit every fan he meets this person is disgusting fuck you you're an idiot you hey, don't hey, understand but, my but he, films in real life he doesn't understand why the fans don't, don't, don't like a movie that's attack. about how the fans are idiots yeah but apparently <laughs> they do because now every critic who tries to be special he's like you know what's a great woody allen movie annie hall it's on no? the underrated list of all the guys yeah, yeah, I exactly before. That. you know what's a great woody allen movie annie hall no manhattan no uh hannah no stardust memories is a love letter to the fans disguised as constructive criticism. I'm like, go fuck yourself. Constructively criticize yourself to hell. The point is, William was showing off all his influences and he wanted to do something he wasn't ready to do. And the movie came off weird, awkward, and boring. It's funny in parts when the aliens come down and yeah. just recycle that, hey, you know what you should do? You don't try to change the world overnight. Don't try to be this great samaritan what you're good at is being a comedian you want to help the world tell funnier jokes you know what man um it's on my worst list as well it's in the same place the reason why to me then just jump into your list because i'm done yeah yeah no I'm, I'll, I'm, I'll start with that because do i hate the movie just because woody allen had a grandiose idea of it with a rabbit that didn't pull off and i'm like let me let me be because I know I'm gonna get a lot. I've always got hate hate in this movie this much. Let me put that to the side. Put the rabbit shit aside. The movie's dull. The movie is dull, and that's all I'm gonna say because this movie's gonna come up again later, and I'll tell you why. You'll be surprised where it comes up. Okay. Anyway, so my my worst list 
with Simon, is, there's a couple of things I don't think Simon's going to like, but you did touch on the few I have to mention. Let me start off with small time crooks. Man, hey, you're the guy. <laughs> you're the guy who does like everybody likes that movie except you. You're the guy. Yeah, who there's likes, another one. Uh, you're gonna say the same thing, but you already so know what's coming. So that's your number ten. Small, small time, time crooks, man. What a waste! It starts off with the idea of the movie. Yeah, crooks sitting up a front to rob a <laughs> bank. That's awesome. Guess what? That's not what the movie's about. This movie's about two fucking idiots that earn a lot of money, and then you're just watching his wife get swindled by fucking Hugh Grant. For the whole fucking movie. It's not funny. It's just fucking a waste of time. If you look at Hugh Grant's acting career, he swindled the whole world. That's a metaphor for his existence, basically. line for line in the other review, this movie is such a cock tease. And don't get me wrong, even the documentary part was a good meta commentary, which I thought was clever. But to be honest with you, I feel like I'm just giving the movie too much credit. You wasted all the guys he had for the heist, all those actors. They're great actors. Didn't use any of them. They're just all forgotten and you're just getting Woody and his dumb wife who wants to find the things in life. Maybe this movie's higher in my hate list than I is because every time I talk about the movie, I'm just like, ah. But let me, get to the, let me get to the next movie, which you're going to hate me for even more, which is Manhattan Murder Mystery. Another uh, movie. I don't hate you for that, <laughs> but everybody else will hate you for it, apparently. Manhattan Murder Mystery. It's Diane Keaton and Woody Allen. Don, what's wrong with you? They're, they're smashing together. I, I tried to give Woody Allen a pass because this movie came along at the height of his controversy. He was in court hell. Mia Farrow was trying to destroy his life and that's the reason Diane Keaton came in to save a friend. Fine. But when you watch the movie, there's no charisma there because it's not even like, oh, Diane Keaton can act the way out of a wooden box, by the way. So it's not even her. It's that the movie was something else before Diane Keaton came on. It was made for Mia Farrow. They were meant to be different characters. But it, Woody Allen just seemed distracted in the movie because this murder mystery is so light. This murder mystery is more or less just this old couple talking about something that might be true and then another character comes in and just tells you what's going on in the plot, <laughs> yeah, tells you that it is true and then there's a very, very contrived final act with the guy who... T- it's just like... This movie is such a disappointment, especially if you waited years for Diane Keaton and Woody Allen to get to get back together. Diane Keaton, they just look so early United. The, the clothes they're wearing, honestly, this is just so... I just can't watch the movie. Maybe because my expectation too high, but I think it's dull. I think Woody Allen and Diane Keaton's interaction in the movie is just... It just feels like I'm watching them in real life in a bar or having dinner. I just, I just don't like the movie. It is funny how it's the most dated movie Woody Allen ever did. And also how they look without being a fucking period piece. Without being a (laughs) without being a period piece, and also how they, both of them, him and Diane Keaton, look much older than in movies they will do ten years from that point. Like movies they did in the two thousands, they look younger than in that movie done in nineteen ninety three. You know what, man? I'm gonna say something really fucked up. Okay. You know what, man? I think I like scenes of the mall better than this. (laughs) <laughs> you like he's <laughs> from a more yeah, better you know than why? Man in a Murder because mystery. those two characters arguing for the whole movie at least their bickering is amusing this movie I really just felt like I was watching two old wow, people wow you're alone with that one yeah I know I am but I'm just like that movie it's really hard to watch but it amuses me this movie but again alright moving on from that which I know people are going to hate uh, we already spoke about anything else just don't yeah scoop Jesus Christ scoop Oh, wow. You don't you dislike Scoop that Scoop much. Scoop is just a big ball of nothing. It's a big ball of nothing. The best thing about the movie 
is Scarlett Johansson doing the Woody Allen character, but they waste Ian McShane in the movie. If she should have been the main character, Woody Allen's performance is nothing in the movie. Wolverines are wasting the movie. The whole movie's a big nothing. Oh, it's Hugh a... Jackman had some good moments. No, but... he didn't. He was a goody okay. two shoes until the end. Where well, he... that, that's the that reveal. Last... Yeah, five minutes. Yeah, five was... minutes of an hour and a half movie. <laughs> that's not acceptable, man. Scoop is. It's re... I'm being harsh. It's forgettable. It's really, really forgettable. So moving on. I like the mystery about it. Man. <sighs> I liked it. Simon, you meet a tall dark stranger. Simon already took it apart, so I'm not gonna bother. Yeah, it's a complete waste of time. Complete waste, man celebrity man jesus christ you celebrity. pissing me off with this list, man. <laughs> i know we already spoke about it man the worst woody allen impression of all time you don't like that guy he was eric poirot the, last year and he and he directed a movie this year with an oscar for i forgot what it is he's directing i forgot his name oh orient express yeah that's what i said he was poirot and the oh orient yeah yeah and he directed express. it as well so i forgot his name he's got a funny name that doesn't matter anyway the movie man look let me tell you something just that Hollywood ending. Woody's critique on Hollywood, the movies don't come out except for one, which we'll get to later. This movie is just another dull one. Charlie's Theron gives a good performance. The other DiCaprio. Has he ever done the bad performance? Never, probably. In this movie, he one. doesn't. He just overacts a little bit. This script is like, what are you talking about? Two characters that are just, honestly, every time I think about the movie, I just kind of get a headache. Because I'm, I'm just, you're just watching two characters go through the Hollywood scene, and that's basically it. It's like a really bad, boring documentary. The, the narrative is kind of is non-existent because the main guy's a fucking arsehole. The main guy does hinder the movie from getting better. I've, maybe recasting, maybe rewriting. I don't know. Both. But... I think the casting. He's not a bad actor, obviously. No, no, no. He's he's done. Plenty. Really good actor, and it's just he put on the Woody Allen. Anyway, look, celebrity. I do not like it. I think it's just really bad. So anyway, actually, I think that's i'm looking at this yeah that's everything that's my worst list so, so say it again because we had a lot of overlap sure so uh small town crooks anything else scoop you'll meet a tall dark stranger celebrity manhattan murder mystery you don't have you don't have 10 oh how much do i have six do i have six uh you know what um i can wrap around to this but let's 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 just move on to under it and you understand what i mean because a lot of the things you said i kind of agree with anyway i could take a lot of yours that was six. I thought that was ten. That's six, motherfucker. Can you count? No, not right now. Because I'm reading my script, fool. <laughs> so I ain't got time to go back and count. So now, let's move on. Because I can talk about movies I hated with the island. But guys, let's just, let's just move on. So, underrated movies. I think it's a really good list. Simon's going to go first. What are your most underrated? You might have already mentioned this, them in this your This is favorites. what you're most excited about, apparently. So, yeah. Okay. Kind of. Okay, again... Uh, if we have overlap, I'll just join in, by the way. That's fine, that's fine. Um, I don't have a particular order for this. Neither do I. Because with the worst, you can emphasize how bad each one got as you got closer to number one. Let me t say this out, out of the gate. I think all of Woody Allen's movies are nowadays underrated by default because he has this tarnished reputation and he doesn't invest his own, in his own promotion. And it seems like... I guess the forces that criticize him come out of the woodwork every time he has a successful project. Like when he has a, a, a successful movie that does well or he gets nominations or wins awards, that's when everybody comes out and just jumps on his name to gain promotion for themselves. Mm -hmm. So like you mentioned with Take the Money and Run, very influential movie. All his early films, his early comedies that people rip off, the list could have been full with them. Yeah, sure. That, uh, Bananas, Played Against Sam, 
all the movies he did in the nineties, the movie uh, the list could have been full of them. Uh, Mighty, oh, you're casting a wide net. Are you getting to one? <laughs> you're no, I'm, I'm building up, motherfucker. Okay, okay. I'm building you're up. You're casting a wide yeah, net. I'm just right now. this. This is you can call this the honorable mentions. Okay. You know, Mighty Aphrodite, stuff I mentioned in my favorite list, like Deconstructed Harry, Husbands and Wives. The style he did those films was ripped up infinitely all over the time. I Tanya. That's nominated for awards this year. One of the big Oscar movies this year with um, the girl from, you know. Uh, Suicide Squad, Hardy Quinn? No, I was going to say Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> I, was, I was not going to say Suicide Squad. Margot Robbie, her passion project. The whole pseudo documentary style they shot that movie. Guess where they got that from? They got that from Woody Allen. So absolutely influential. All his movies are underrated at this point in time. But what I'm going to focus on to kind of narrow the list down to 10 is movies that were not only that are not only underrated now but also were underrated when they came out i think yikes okay like, that last part is questionable to yeah, some people it's but a questionable on. but yeah. let, let's go so let's start off with the two recent ones wonder wheel and cafe society both are good movies i'm there with you on cafe society without a doubt yeah, well you can dare with me with both or you can be left in the <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. but two recent films, Cafe Society did it all right at the box office, but still they didn't get the credibility they should deserve. Definitely, Wonder not. Wheel, one of the most beautifully shot movies, at least a best supporting actor nomination for James Belushi or something. Kate Winslet, Kate, Kate Winslet, yeah, maybe you know, again or some other noms. I just feel like the movie went under the radar because Amazon pulled a the plug; they chickened out. And critics didn't really do their job and praise the movie for the right reasons. People had their eye on um, Wonder Wheel, you know. They really didn't like it. They really were. They were they, Kate Winslet brings in a lot of clout right now. And people really didn't like. They really. Cafe Society actually ignored. And I think that's based on the cast. And oh, these two young DJs did the American Ocean. Why is Woody Allen cast them? So they just snubbed that movie. But when it came to Wonder Wheel, they had the eye of Justin Timberlake, really? Why did woman? Why did Woody pick Justin Timberlake? Mm, Kate Winslet, oh, she's liking Justin Timberlake. People were curious. I, was, I read the reviews. I saw the buzz. People were hyped. They went to this movie and they were like, the movie is this, that and the other. I don't agree with the criticism. I think when I saw the movie, again, I saw it more as a play. I'm like, this is a play, which I really like. A very good dramatic play. As a movie, I don't know. Underrated? Against some of his other movies, I don't know. I think he's got 10 other than that. That's what I disagree you know, with. Um, but Cafe Society, yeah, definitely. Okay, well, I thought for two recent films, these are both very enjoyable. And I would least would like to have seen them in theaters talked about like, hey, these were what the better films of that year. I'm not saying win Best Picture, but sure. I'm saying, saying no matter what direction you come, come at the movie, how it looks, how it's made, how it's written, how it's performed, how it's directed, it's among the better films made in the year it's it definitely in that top tier even if it's not the best so yeah those two from recent memory next up whatever works i mean i almost put this movie in like my top 10 i think this movie with larry david is hilarious it is hilarious but like i said to you in the review man he just needed someone else to play off. He needed a better surrounding story. Yeah. But he was, his character, everything about him in the story was fine. It's just outside the the girlfriend and the family, it's just weak as hell. Yeah, but you forget this movie's hated. All in capitals. Yeah, sure. That's hate. Capital H-A-T-E. I mean, I don't understand why. We said this in the review and I'll stick by it. Yeah. 
if it was him and Diane Keaton after any hole, yeah, where supposedly that's the time frame this script was originally written, the first yeah. version of it, this would be a classic. It would be with Larry David and you know people cast who were popular at the time and were interesting to work with in 2009. It's okay, but I think it's very funny. The script is still strong. Larry David obviously playing the character we used to him playing, which is an asshole. My favorite type of character. Rest of the movie, not that strong, but the heat it's getting, it just makes it automatically underrated. I don't know, man. You know what? I think people have seen Kirby Enthusiasm, and this is like another version of that character. It's the same. It's not offering a lot. The character is extremely nihilistic and, 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 you know, hateful, which is fun, and he's clever as well. I don't think it deserves their hate. But I do see why people hate it. I when I watch it, I'm like, people aren't gonna like this. I could, I'm, you know, going to the theater yeah. and watch this old man. Because people are stupid, which is what the movie's about. So that makes yeah, the movie even. Yeah, that's what he says a couple times. Yeah. Yeah, which makes the movie even better. Yeah. Number four, Zelig. I was supposed. To, uh, I was surprised a bit to see this. I think it's coming up as an indie, kind of like a cult classic now, so it's, it's getting in, it's more It's underrated. I have to say, man, sorry to cut you straight no, away. No, 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 that's fine. You Extremely go. underrated movie because I think this is super ambitious. Yeah. I think Woody Allen executes this documentary, fictional documentary. That's a, a fictional documentary. You could show this to somebody without telling them and they would think it's real. And that is a feat on its own. He, he This is a standout. It's not one of my favorites just because... It's too much of a documentary. It's not a movie. It yeah. really feels like a documentary. It's kind of like, I enjoy what this is a lot. And I think he absolutely destroyed the concept. He annihilated the concept. It's an amazing concept. He did it so well. Extremely underrated. It's it's a very special movie in Woody Allen's filmography. And I think he really, creativity is really amazing. Yes, I highly say underrated. Very, very underrated. And again, just comparing this with other films in his filmography, it's like, is this the same director? Is this the same guy? You know, it's like, yeah. like really diverse. And even with the cold status it's getting from all these top 10 lists for people trying to be edgy and cool and surprise people with it, it still doesn't get enough credibility. This should be like a, a taught in film school in terms of like documentary or fake documentaries or whatever it is called pseudo documentary yeah pseudo documentary i think that's what i call it yeah right there with you man great picks right on my list as well so great picks save me some time number five this is gonna be something you don't agree with right. shadow and fog from the 90s i just thought the movie was funny i think woody's character as this jewish guy being caught up with all these i don't know what they were bigots xenophobes paranoid people yeah early republicans i guess you know republican prototypes it was funny man there were so many under the radar jokes with like <laughs> when he doesn't get the promotion because his boss thinks he's a disgusting vermin that deserves to be exterminated i'm like that's a burn man that's a you know foreshadowing of the holocaust i i really thought all that is the second time it was, uh, you, you know you, just, you thought the jokes would work better a second yeah, time and man. i just you know what it's something about the setting I knew what it was the second I was like, maybe it will catch me years later. It's just the settings, it's meant to be drab. It is meant, it's just too drab. It's like, I can't even get into this, man. It is, it is very droopy. The cast the is amazing. Yeah. The cast is fucking stellar in this movie, man. Every, you know, what's her name from uh, Jodie Foster's in this movie? Madonna's in the movie. Madonna's in the movie. John Cusack's in the movie. Uh, Kathy Bates is in the movie. John Malkovich. John Valkyrie. Fell. What a cast. And then at the end, they throw in some magic thing, which I don't know. It yeah. didn't fit the movie to me at the end. But anyway, no. I wish I liked the movie. I really do. It's one I wish I liked. But to me, I just don't really like it. Okay. Number six, 
well, it's not really a number, like I said. It's, it's fine. just when, it's, when they it's fine. came out. But uh, Purple Rose of Cairo, again, this is it's sort of... When it came out, it's, I think, the strongest movie then in the 80s. For me, 80s, yeah. weakest period in Woody Allen's filmography. Mm. It got... His uh, moody decade. Yeah, his, moody, <laughs> his moody decade. It got a good rep, but still, still compared to the big hits of the 80s. 80s was the, the decade of the blockbuster. This movie was very under the radar. And in terms of aging and coming back to it, there are so many movies that people come back to that that period and our indie classics or cinema classics or Oscar classics. This never really gets mentioned for, um, um, I'm blanking on the name. Help me out with the main guy. Uh, I love that actor. Oh, Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels is filmography. Somebody who always struggles with getting dramatic roles, even though he's a great dramatic actor. He really is a great dramatic actor, man. Just, yeah. yeah. And only now after working with Aaron Sorkin, he can get those roles. But this is an early role for him early yeah. on in his career and he's so great I think in his real life didn't he buy uh, a, a theatre and name it after this or something or oh yeah it? yeah absolutely he, uh, yeah he carries this movie very fondly in his heart and I don't blame him because did he get an Oscar I thought he got nominated for someone got nominated for he, the movie he got a bit of hype but then he went into this comedy phase again yeah. where he, they, he would, they would just cast him as a comedian and, and then and Dumb and Dumber became his most notable movie yeah, <laughs> yeah. and ironically his character in the film struggles with typecasting his yeah. acting character out of the two characters he plays because he plays the actor and he plays the fictional, the character, fictional character that yeah. the actor portrays and then they get into a fist fight with each other it's like it's great so one I would definitely recommend for anybody to watch regardless of Woody Allen and a strong performance by Mia Farrow as you know the what was then a typical Woody Allen character the suffering wife you know a very tragic character straight from Ingmar Bergman's book of I guess tragedy. Book, book of, of yeah, yeah, book, book of book drama. Of pessimism. <laughs> book of life. Next one is I know a movie you like, but it got a lot of hate. I know what you're gonna say. The Go Curse on. of the yeah. Jade Scorpion. I knew it was coming. Yeah, absolutely. Uh I always like when Woody Allen does crime stuff, even though this is a more of a comedy than anything else. But him being the detective, I think that's an underrated moment in Woody Allen's career. I would love love to see him <sighs> play more detectives. In his little trench coat, solving sure. mysteries, finding clues, it was funny, man. And but the back and low, forth, he was low energy in the movie. That's why he was very low energy. Well, the boy, maybe his not with the dialogue, low, not with the dialogue, but yeah. I don't know. It, we talked about this extensively. Yeah. To me, the movies on the list, because compared to his more influential and successful movies, this movie get, just gets a super amount of hate for no, no reason. No, people hate. People will say. You made that piece of shit, that curse of the Jade Scorpion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I think the two changes you could have made, I was disappointed, truly disappointed with the cinematography of the movie. I wish there was more scenes in different locations in the movie. It's just that setting to Well, places. that's budget dependent as well. Sure, know. but you know, Woody Allen, in, the, in you know, even other movies, look, I defend the movie actively because the okay. dialogue between him and the actress, I can't remember her name right now, who, you know, really have a thing for because what, well, what women want yeah her beauty, her beauty is Helen big. Hunt Helen Hunt yeah her beauty, terrific actress her beauty is big and she's a fantastic actor <laughs> I just got to say uh, uh, okay now you're getting us in trouble with like the, the, the thing what you have to do now is you credit the talent and the person and then at the end you come with Their the beauty. booty I'm the, sorry the, the uh, booty yeah, I'm sorry and man and the man, booty is yeah. good too you can't just come out and be like you're attractive because it's like you monster you objectifying piece of shit I know and the thing about this movie is that's a big part of the movie. <laughs> <'Cause he's> like, <laughs> exactly. You that's pig, why I like the movie. Did, 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 I can identify Woody Allen's character who's like, again, very clever part about the movie that it's a turn of a period. It's when 
there's a shift in culture and Helen Hunt's character is the force of that shift where yes. women become more active and gain more respect and more power at the workplace. And a lot of men are like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> What's going on? Probably would have done a lot better if, unfortunately, Woody just cast someone else in his role. It probably would have done a lot better. Maybe, or done at a different time. True, but is that your list or? Oh, we, we have three more. It wasn't 10. Damn, okay. But next ones are quick. I know you, we got overlap, so don't worry. Th- th- this is this is the last one you're gonna agree with probably. It's uh, ants, just because along with Toy Story, one of the first animated movies, CG animated movies. Yeah. And Toy Story, we all know that's why that's a ginormous franchise. Just because I was gonna say one of the most valuable ones with Disney, but Disney has so much valuable stuff now. Everything from Star Wars to Avatar to Marvel. It's iconic. I think Toy Story is an iconic animated movie. It, it just series. it feels like this movie got all the hype, and Ants was right there. Yeah. So it, it's not even really about Woody Allen, but mm. it's interesting to see that Woody Allen, among all the other things he did, he also did an animated movie where he's lending his voice to the character and his character in the film was obviously written with him in mind 100 percent. the movie was written around him from the oh, opening absolutely. the music the whole thing is a woody allen animated movie absolutely so it's really unique from that aspect and the fact that it it, it it's not really shown in the same light like everybody always says oh toy story came first and all the other movies that were experimental and i'm like this was actually very successful it wasn't just about the gimmicky animation or the shortcomings of early animation or mm-hmm. early storytelling. The movie's fine. You can watch it today and you have a good time. It's, it's a good decent. movie. Yeah. Yes. Surprisingly, so, but you know, uh, the side note, I always got to bring up, Woody Allen said this is one of his hardest roles he ever had to do, remember? Yeah, but, the voice but, yeah, but he so loves painful. complaining. <laughs> so, so what else is new? Woody, I complain about voice acting. All right. And for the last two, I know we're not going to agree with this. That's so fine. I'm just going to go, go ahead. My before last is Celebrity. For the moments with Charlie Theron, I don't give a shit. Any everybody, that's, you're talking about. I was objectification for the, that, for the moments of Charlie. I, 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 I'm not objectifying her. I'm appreciating the cinematic beauty her performance brings to the movie. That's a performance. Walking like that is a performance. She's so hot. She wants to make you drive your car through a window, right? No, because I'm not a scrub. I would take an Uber. <laughs> I'm not gonna like flirt with her and also drive a Porsche in New York traffic. But yeah. Those moments with her made the movie for me. And again, Leo's performance, I would love to see them work together again. But Leo, because he was very smart with his career, he's an incredibly expensive actor. He's an incredibly accomplished actor. He's an incredibly busy actor. So I don't know if he can foot, he can fit a Woody Allen small, you know, small scale project into his schedule these days. But I would love to see it. Those two moments stand out for the movie. Lead is not very good. Holds the movie back. Not the most funny Woody Allen movie, more humor would have helped. But cinematically, there are some great moments in there. Oh, Charlie Theron, man. That whole segment is great. Five stars. Rest of the movie, two stars. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but still underrated. Because again, this movie gets a lot of hate. And it's because it's pointing out BS about fame mongers, you know, people who obsess about fame. All the reporters, gossip it's columns. So Execution is really it, bad. It, it might be dull, but it says a lot of truth. It's a lot very wake. The movie's awake. It's a woke movie. And if you look at the things he's talking about, about over-obsessing about celebrities, 
the culture morphing into something more negative. I tell you what, loss I, of I value. You, what, gonna, mean, you know, believe it or not, we're going to talk about celebrity again. Oh, I'm. I know we're going to talk about it, but I'm just yeah. saying it predicted a lot of things in terms of worshiping celebrities and pretending that the fake reality they create to hype up celebrities to sell gossip columns and newspapers and lies. Let me tell you something, man. You, you, everything I'm saying it is true, but it's buried, it's buried in a narrative. It's not really clear. When you, you have to really look for that in the movie. It but but really would you... I think you... Again, maybe you would say, I can see why people hate this, but I don't. Definitely. I think, I think it's an underrated movie. It's uh, not one of his strongest, but I think the message behind it and the fact that the goddamn current asshole in chief idiot in chief has a cameo in the movie another reason to love the movie no another <laughs> well it's in it's, it's in black and white so his orange fucking face doesn't burn your eyes but uh again a lot of good foreshadowing a testament to woody allen as a thinker as an intellectual but yeah it could be stronger still doesn't deserve the hate in my opinion and the last one you're gonna go crazy with this you're gonna be like what the fuck Underrated. is wrong with you I'm going september I'm not going to disagree with you at all. But here's the thing. September, you saying that is the same. I put September and Another Woman extremely close together. They're very focused dramas. And September is one of Woody Allen's lowest received movies. Absolutely. Think, I think it would be appreciated more now because it's, another, it's again like a play. I really like September. I didn't bring this up because I didn't. It's not in any of my lists. September is a really good drama. It's, a, it's very focused. It's very serious. I think it fits the term underrated actually perfectly, to be honest with you. I think Diane Weiss is absolutely fantastic in the This role. is where I was going to bring up Diane Weiss as well. And Mia Farrow. Both of them are fantastic Best in the movie. Mia Farrow performance, in my opinion. Probably. Out of their entire shared filmography. I think that's was another tragic character, lonely character, shy character, character that gets betrayed, used by her surroundings and by the people close to her. But she yeah. really nailed it and has a beautiful breakdown scene, which is true acting. No, I think. no, actually, really I, this, this wasn't on my list. It is now. You're right. This is actually my list. No, I couldn't agree with you more, actually. September, I'll say it for the record, is a very, very underrated movie. Not for everybody, just to be clear. It's a very... You have to be drama. in a certain mood. Yeah, yeah. But this is why I love Another Woman, because these two are these kind of very focused dramas, I think, and character pieces that execute very well. So, no, that's a great pick there. So, I'll pick up where you left off. And again, so much Go over for that. It. I don't have to say much. Cafe Society, you already mentioned it. I think it's fantastic. I think it's actually one of Woody Allen's if you look back on Woody Allen's filmography, he actually hasn't done as much straight romances as you would think. Mm -hmm. This is one of them in a long time. I don't even, even Midnight in Paris, it's not really a straight romance. It's about a guy figuring himself out and finding himself a few times. This And, and maybe the other characters as well, but it's yeah. more so about the adventure. It's exactly. almost like a, 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 an adventure movie, a thinking man's adventure movie this is he hasn't done a straight romance it's a long time when you go back in the years so i'm like i really enjoyed it and i think jesse eisenberg and um tristan stewart are fantastic in the movie i think so our cafe site is very underrated just because it's new and woody allen's got this thing around him right now people don't want to watch it when he's passed or when some decades have gone by they'll go back and realize it's a really good movie so cafe is like 100 one movie i don't think was in your top 10 you mentioned it but i, don't, I didn't hear it in your top 10 which is underrated. It's Mighty Aphrodite, man. I'm, I named it as an underrated... Uh, oh, sorry, I named it as an honorable mention. And you know why I didn't put it on underrated? Yeah. Because the lead actress won an Oscar off of it. So I was like, okay, this sure. had a bit of momentum when it came out. So. Sure. Sure. But it's it's up there as like, Fair bro, enough. this was really, really good. Yeah. 
I, I don't hear people talk about this. And it was huge in video stores because it was a Miramax production. Yeah, man. I, it's really cool. There's, I have a few problems with it here and there, but it's another 90s, a bit more raunchy, but clever with that whole Shakespearean thing in between the movie. It's funny, got a funny ending. It's just a really light, raunchy comedy with a nice, quirky character. Deconstructing Hermie and this are kind of more unconventional in what he's done in the comedy genre. It just was a bit more raunchy and I really liked it. Yeah. So everything else I've gotten on this, you've mentioned. So I don't need to go over Zadig, you mentioned. Curse of the Jade Scorpion, you mentioned. Uh, Take the Money and Run. I think it's very underrated because people look at it now, they see it's his first movie, they see it as another comedy movie. But if you watch it today, you really see Woody Allen at his comedy chops at his best. I, I, you know what? Underrated... I guess I'm iffy on that because people do kind of rate it highly. I just don't think I don't think people go back to it nowadays. I think they just think about it. They lump all of his comedies together. Yeah, they, 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 they usually watch Any Hall, and that's like the starting point. They forget yeah. the movies he did beforehand. Yeah, they they think about his comedies. They lump this bananas and sleepers together because this is where he's his most whimsical, his most slapstick yeah, yeah. in these movies. So that like, it's one movie, but now I like to separate this movie out of those three and say this is his best whimsical. I really like bananas. I do the first half. As soon, yeah, as, yeah. as soon as they get into the the part that they cut out of, because that movie was chopped up they, yeah. they shot a lot of things with the dictatorship and they just cut it yeah that's why Bananas I wish I could put it but I can't so last the last one because my list is done you've covered everything so you saved us some time which you don't like the one you don't like okay I do think it's underrated and you're like oh even with the, oh why do this movie it's Broadway Danny Rose oh damn it <laughs> really now, <laughs> this is a movie a Hollywood movie that I appreciate because it's showing that time where these acts, these managers of actors, Woody Allen playing that role, he's got all these acts and this woman comes along and just messes up his life and it's a good adventure story and outside you've got the narrative of everyone talking about, oh, this guy, Danny Rose, I think it's a lot of fun. I think Mia Farrell, one of her better roles, I really think she played this really staunch woman really well. And it was a lot of... It showed her range because yeah, people definitely. didn't think they would have had cast. Nobody would have cast her for that role, and yes. Woody Allen did. He and made the, her that. And role, the back exactly. behind the scenes is Mia Farrow knew somebody like that in the neighborhood. Yes, and she was like, "I always wanted to play somebody like that." And Woody was like, "I got an idea for that actually," and wrote the character. Yeah, and the ending I thought was very nice. It's another movie with a really great last shot. Last five minutes was really good. It's actually very similar to Manhattan. That last shot, which again. Uh, a movie on a story level, I think is a stronger than Manhattan. Not really, but you know, to me, it's kind of on the same level as Manhattan, except for the cinematography. Okay, except for the cinematography. So to me, Broadway and the Rose is underrated. But to be honest with you, it's in a lot of underrated lists. It's in a lot. One I saw, so I'm kind of being a bit obvious here. So with underrated lists, and that is the f- bulk of our conversation. Again, we've had it for over an hour. We spoke about what we think is the best, the worst, and the most underrated Woody Allen movie. But I wanted to wrap this conversation up with a very interesting question, which I've said in a few reviews, but now we've spoken about it all. Looking back on Woody Allen's career, I've asked you this a few times, but now you get to answer on the fly. And I'll go first, because you might need time to think about it. When we watch a lot of Woody Allen movies, we think, you know what? I wish Woody Allen did this again. I wish if he did it now, I'd have a better take on it. Sure. So I'm going to let you think about it. I'm, what movie would you want Woody Allen to do again, you know, in his filmography? And I've got a few here. I'll go through the name. And the number one that comes to mind, 
which he should do right now, which would be 100% better, is Stardust Memories. <laughs> I would, yeah. The whole yeah. perspective of a director looking back on his life through cinema and all that, and he could make it, Stardust Memories, it wasn't about me. It was just, no, make it about you. Make it personal. Do your own biography movie as a director in Hollywood right now. This would be the perfect time for him to do that movie. I think it would be inspired, even if it wasn't about him and he made it fake or whatever. I think this movie, and forget about the high concept rabbit shit. Just do, and Hollywood's done a lot of these movies, by the way, about a director look after, Robert Nero did one, I can't remember what it was called. There's been a few of them, I should have brought the list up. It's been like three movies about Hollywood directors looking back on their lives. I think Woody Allen, if he did Stardust Memories now without this fucking rabbit idea, it would be a really good retrospective on his career. And he should cast Leonardo DiCaprio to play a character with three different, you know, three different ages. So a young director who's new, an established director, and then an old man looking back. And that would be something with Leo. And I would agree with that because I know why, obviously, you know, the artsy-fartsy guys that don't actually understand shit just try to look smart. I know why they put the, the movie on their list. But... I also know why the concept was intriguing for Woody Allen. Yeah. It, it, it is a good concept, but it is a failed attempt. Yeah. And we've seen this so many times with him that he does something and it's not as good or comes out just all right. And then he knocks it out of the park the second time. So it would be it would be really something to watch. I don't know if it's the perfect time. It would piss everybody off immediately. Sure. But, but you know what? He's already there. Everyone would go and see and it right now. And he's already there. Yeah. He's all, he, he pisses people off without even saying anything. Yeah. So... Yeah. Yeah, he's got nothing to lose, and he's getting old. Yeah, either get Leo or get Justin Timberlake, just to people piss people off even more. But I tell you what, I might get this movie without Woody doing it because you know why? Stardust Memories is going to end up being Woody Allen's biography. His life is basically the source, and someone else. When someone eventually makes his life story, it's going to end up being kind of a Stardust Memories, if you ask me. We saw his documentary; his life plays out like that. Comedian things just fell into his lap to the director to the controversy. His life is very much that solace memories. As much as he said it isn't me or whatever, I think I can't wait to see it. I wish he would do it. He's probably definitely not going to do it. But if he does, solace memories reboot. I don't know. I just think it would be better if he does it redone it. Whether now, or whatever. Next movie. And to be honest with you, looking at my list, it is a lot of the movies I don't like, which I just think he could do again better. Which of course, how can I not mention Manhattan Murder Mystery? Now, when I say this, it doesn't even have to be him and Diane Keaton. Even in the old days now, I think he could do it better. He does murder murder stories very, very well. A story about a neighbor murdering someone and his neighbors find it, I think Woody Allen could write that script fantastically well. He can get great actors to do it. I think Man and Murder Mystery, or if he just set it somewhere, New York Murder Mystery, a sequel, it would be fantastic. Again, he I gave him a pass on that just because he was in a complete crisis time in his life. That movie was kind of rushed to me. I think Manhattan Medusa would fa- a fantastic remix. Hope you're taking notes on what you're going to do, by the way, when I'm talking about this. No, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. I'm okay. Well, well I'm no, going to go know. ahead. Uh, so how do you feel about that anyway, Manhattan Medusa? I would love to see him work with Scarlett Johansson. That seems like a good way to remake that and Scoop at the same time. So, you know, might as well just give ScarJo another another chance. Another movie, you're gonna, you're, I don't know what we're going to say about this one, is scenes from a war on a script level about a husband and wife that don't realize the relationship is falling no, over until they go skip. into a mall and they just have a, an argument for the we whole movie. We don't even have proper malls anymore. Like, what, what, where would they have an argument? Actually, just when I said it, 
have an argument in public on Facebook. That would be a funny movie where a couple has a meltdown and it's all in front of their entire friends and their colleagues and it's all on Facebook and you see people at home reading the arguments on their phone. Well, and that's they- one angle. That's two side. That's two technology for me. I don't think we'd even go there, but the reason why I'm saying, how can you not see this? Is because one of the movies we just spoke about underrated, The Curse of J. Scorpion, where him and his girl are going back and forth for the whole movie, and we love that. So how can you not tell me he can't do a movie based on an argument of a couple where they find out things about each other? It was done lazily. It was poorly directed, poorly shot in that movie. And Give Woody Allen that script, he yeah. will destroy it. He will make that, he will improve that movie drastically. And it doesn't have to be him. Or make it into an Amazon TV show. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing everything you can to try to burst this balloon, aren't you? Yeah, six scenes from a mall. How about that? <laughs> fuck you, you fucking clever fuck. That was just that was just there for you to pick yeah, up on, wasn't it? Was it? A six scenes six from a mall. Fuck you, Simon. All right. <laughs> now, obviously, we both agreed on this. Everyone says I love you. If Woody Allen just took the time <laughs> to make that, refine the music. I Okay, stages, that's fine. Uh, that is Make all. another musical yeah. like you did and get Justin Timberlake who can fucking sing and make him sing his old dialogue. Like Eddie Murphy says in, uh, you know, Delirious about Elvis Presley. He can't act. Fuck it. Let him sing all his dialogue. We got to win this race. He could do that and he could get your boy, uh, your Magic Mike to help join him just like in Hell Season when he had that tap dancing scene. Woody Allen could do a fantastic musical. Oh yeah, Justin Timberlake, Channing Tatum, get yeah. some black actors finally, you know, from Broadway or whatever. Maybe not redo, but if he done another musical and just took two years and did the music probably, he would destroy La La Land. He, even if he wanted to make it a dramatic musical like La La Land, he would do it much better. I'm not trying to put anything against La La Land guy, but again, Woody Allen is a master. He can do and a great La narrative. And La is another movie that took a lot from Woody Allen to yeah. get to the, what, a lot of imagery, style, ideas, concept, even some of the musical pieces. You say straight style. I'm about to say inspired. You know, you say, you keep saying I style. like to say steel. Yeah. Okay, well, my last two movies is a, com- you said this yourself, combination. Celebrities are failure to me. Hollywood ends are failure to me. But I think together they are one great movie. Because in Hollywood ending, he's in Hollywood. But he's a blind man. Celebrity has all the celebrities. He could do a commentary on Hollywood celebrity while he's a blind making a movie. These two, if he remade these movies, his, just his movies on the Hollywood perspective as a director, they always come out hit and miss. Celebrity and Hollywood ending combine the two to, to, you don't need to you can just redo Hollywood ending because Hollywood ending has celebrities in it anyway but that's a movie which was a disappointment because he had a good idea if he did it again refine the script I don't know why that movie was so dull I just think he actually we spoke about it in the review he had the idea but he just omitted things he brought the good idea too late of his son so I really wish he would just come with a more dramatic angle as a director of Hollywood ending and uh, yeah I didn't make in mind 10 but that's my list for movies I wish Woody Allen would redo. You know, that's like my kind of thing, you know? Oh, wow. Okay. I'm definitely there with you with the musical. Do another musical. Uh, in terms of concepts to tackle again, is there anything else? Pick that's his movies. You can go and look at his movies and say, do I, that I know, again. I know. But I want, I want to come at it at a genuine angle because, okay. you know, for the longest time I said, you know, act in a dramatic role where you don't have to do anything but act. I don't think he will do that. Isn't that a play? Well, I'm just saying, <laughs> no. I'm just saying like something like uh, the front, like do something like the front again. But obviously, oh, for him, don't you think he's too old to do anything? Uh, exactly. So he's too old for that. I said, you know, do some of your comedies, 
maybe, but he did a lot of comedies in like the 2000s, early 2000s. So we we're past that point. I think he has a better balance and diversity of his filmography at this stage. So I would really just have to zoom in on the musical, you know, maybe collaborate with Larry David again and get like a younger actor to, to nail that, like a, somebody who's hot. Get somebody who's hot and popular to nail that asshole persona. I know some. I have somebody in mind in in terms of myself. <laughs> but I would love to do that. That would be great to do. Or whatever works, especially in this dumb sheep culture we have, with all these morons being mind fucked on Twitter and Facebook, voting for this goddamn asshole. These polarized fucking idiots with their Confederate flags and their fucking guns blaming video games now or what is it lately uh, they don't realize every country in the world has video games but only one has school shootings every week yo we need whatever works part two the truth <laughs> an awake man's daydream call oh, it that okay. something yeah oh well yo that's my two picks okay do whatever works and another musical Okay, that's. Are you serious about whatever works? Do come a on. bit a younger person, yes, not an old ass grumpy Larry David. Just to get somebody just to sexy. scare the screen, vent on the screen, really. Just, yeah, just to open up. Like you can open up with somebody who's young, and they just see their future, including the air we breathe in, just get fucked by all these old stubborn xenophobes like oh mexicans <laughs> i'm so old and frightened i'm just holding on to my gun before i shoot myself because i'm a fucking asshole yes um i should kind of end because um on what do i want woody allen to do now because in terms of filmography we spoke about best weather what do i what do i want woody allen to do now now just gonna be a bit real here i've been speaking if you're listening james i want to give you a little shout out from um the website Manic Expression, he's the creator, founder, the head honcho in charge. Me and him, have, we're having a lot of discussions back and forth about the Woody Allen controversy and where his career is going. And, you know, people are very, a lot of people are scared that the current Woody Allen boycott, so to speak, or the Me Too attacks from Mia Farrell, Dylan Farrell, Ronan Farrell, what have you. They might scare Woody Allen away. People are going to protest his next movie. What do I want Woody Allen to do? Look, man, Woody Allen's nearly at the point of doing his 50th movie and he's still alive. I want Woody Allen to weather the storm. Let me say that for the fun. I want him to just keep doing what he's doing. But he's getting old and if people really start putting this shit on him, I'll be like, fuck all this. I've done 50 movies. Like, you know, maybe way mother. I'll be 50 and old and be like, you know what? I just want to write now. Because even he said it's he's, he's, he's kind of tiring and this whole thing. How long could he do it for? I think what he should do is just stick to writing. I think he should do his 50th movie, write another 50, and then just let people, after he's gone, let the people just either it was that what's that guy's name that did the documentary I think his name is uh, Robert Whitey Robert Whitey if he would just let him take over his legacy and, and direct his written movies you know because although I do think uh, to be critical as a writer Woody's his batting average is going down a lot but uh, yeah just but he writes some really good movies he's written if you just take his whole we say it all the time take his whole filmography and you even take out the best of the best that's still better in a lot of directors whole filmography he's probably got 15 amazing movies out of the 50 at this point which is amazing 15 20 I would say yeah yeah 15 so. 20 which is really amazing I want to keep writing I want to keep writing I wanted to make his 50 movies after that take it easy just write and, you know, relax. That's what I'd want. I don't want him to stop making movies, but to be honest with you, the return might be not be that good. 
I've said this to Simon off mic. Amazon might drop him. To be honest with you, people are very upset about the TV series, you know, Crisis 16 is money-wise. Amazon can't be like Netflix and just throw everyone they want cash. You know, they, they fell back and just continued the movie thing, but I don't know, man. Woody Allen jumps publishers all the time. That distributors all yeah. the time. There, there are rumors that because Disney bought Fox, that they bought Fox because they also bought a streaming service. So they want yeah the fi- Hulu partner yeah, yeah. they yeah. want to fill up the catalog of the streaming service with all the legacy content all the movies Fox owns from decades you know yeah. going back I mean they're an old sure. fashioned Hollywood studio one of the big ones yeah. and in terms of original content they're gonna continue Fox Searchlight mm. which considering Fox being involved with like Rupert Murdoch Searchlight was very surprisingly good for being liberal and hiring these indie towns to tell original stories. So there might be an option there where they're like, we just want original, unique content on a small budget. Here's a five movie contract, whatever. So there might be a way that once the Disney acquisition finishes, Fox Search Live will open up to even more people. And that could be an option for him because he can, you know, his movies can go straight to digital limited release or in theaters. You know, nowadays you have all these distribution models. You can do all at the same time as well. So they could really easily make back a movie that costs like 10, 20 million, what, which is Woody Allen's budget max mm. these days. And most actors don't ask for a lot when they work with him. So you never know. I mean, that's how he nailed some of his deals with his previous publishers. And he just did this deal with Amazon. And I don't think Disney, who's dropping billions on these acquisitions, you know, and making billions every year with Star Wars, Pixar, Disney Animation, Marvel avatar sequels i mean they have plenty of money to spread around yeah i mean we'll see i don't think he's gonna stop at all you know he's still got a, a, a really strong fan base of supporters and fans critics still critics look at him like we just said and just like oh you know eventually he's gonna give us another midnight power or something it might happen it might not happen but either way even if he stopped right now he's still got a really long legacy we've already spoke about the movies we like don't like and think are underrated so is there anything else you want to say about how you feel about Woody moving forward? Because this well, is this is the end of me and you talking about this shit for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he has uh, that uh, a rainy day in New York coming out, yeah. which we'll see how that turns out. It's unfortunate we couldn't include it here because it's still in post-production. We will, before anyone asks, we will review it. it yeah, will well, well it, it will be part of the discussion. But uh, I just want to thank you. It was, it was a pretty exciting journey. Yeah. It was great to watch all these movies for the first time. And find a new appreciation for Woody Allen. In terms of him, he should do what he does best. Not give a damn. He never gave yeah. a flying fuck in 80 years of his life. Why should he start now? Most old people don't give a damn. That's when people stop giving a fuck. He never gave a fuck to begin with. So I would love to see him do a movie in similar fashion like uh, Deconstructing Harry. That's like a reflection mm. of like life media and all his thoughts maybe with him starring in the movie i said that with the stardust movies thing you never know so maybe one movie in himself maybe express all this through a film but i think deep down everybody cares a little bit but probably not enough to actually make the effort for a film sure so if it's not genuine don't do it yeah i think just keep at it because this whole this whole open narrative we have with social media now it will not continue to work if we're surrounded by idiots talking about stupid things if every single social movement we have 
get sidetracked immediately by people promoting themselves, hijacking the movement, dick riding the movement, and then just, you know, pushing focus on these clickbait topics about celebrities and gossip while the real victims are being ignored and the real perpetrators hide behind their lawyers and money and get off. Because the last time I checked, Harvey Weinstein is still not in jail, you know, and now we have people boycotting everybody who ever worked with Willie Allen, Allen ever wants to work with him, even though he's like the only guy whose story not only checks out to be really fishy and really biased against him, but also he was cleared out in court. Was it 30 years ago now or something? Cleared Almost. of all charges by investigation. And, 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 and he was, he's somebody they wanted to put away. It wasn't like... Oh, yeah. Like, public enemy number one. Public, like, he he's a, a, an atheist cheating husband. You know, he had no friends. Atheist cheating husband in a... Jewish cheating husband. Jewish cheating yeah. husband in a multicultural relationship? Uh, well... <laughs> I, I would call more multi multiculture. I would I would I would be like a fucking your 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 wife's daughter situation. Not the, married. Let's not forget that. Like well, I'll be reminded. It, but yeah, but it's still me. I know what you meant. I yeah, know what you it's meant. like your girlfriend's stepdaughter. Which again, people don't even understand that part of the narrative. They keep mixing it up. But the yep. point is, he had no friends. He was just innocent, and that's what every piece of Proven evidence points. Innocent. Yeah, that's what every piece of evidence points to. So I think. It's not up to him to save the day. He's not the guy for it. He certainly should not comment on it because every time he opens his mouth, he makes things worse. So listen to Sunyi and just do your thing, do your movies. Yeah. If the the conversation should improve, it's gonna be because finally we will have some intelligent people get a play a bigger part in this conversation about politics and polarization and the global narrative and people coming back to you know, listening to facts and forming an unbiased opinion, like use common sense again, instead of going from one extreme to the other all the freaking time. Yeah. But, uh, that's not up to Woody Allen. So just do your movies. <laughs> don't give a shit and keep at it. Keep at it forever. Apparently, uh, I, that's, would, that's, I, yeah. I would love to watch his movies forever. So yeah, a lot of people said that guys, we're going to wrap this one up. So again, this was one of our, well, one of the few, out of review discussion we've had on Woody Allen, you know, again, this isn't the end of the retrospective per se. This is just a part of the project that is complete. So there's a good chance we can have other kind of Woody Allen discussions since we're somewhat knowledgeable about the case. But if you want us to, if you have an idea or something interesting, you feel just we could have a conversation be sure about. to know that I don't care about your ideas. Okay, well... Just like Woody Allen doesn't give a shit, I don't give a shit either. But that's nice. But Simon. it's good for you. You get a you get a an e for effort. For well, don't worry, Simon. There's a lot of people that you know want to work just to conversate with me about Woody Allen without you. So you you can have a you can have your long-awaited break. So Thank don't worry you. about it. But Please. yes, bye. As part of, as the project master leader, can you know creator? I will say that we are open to have different discussions about Woody Allen. I've spoken to a few outside sources that actually want to have a different conversation about Woody Allen. Because they got nothing be, better to do. I would rather they be interesting rather than they just regurgitate something already covered. So unless it's really interesting, we probably won't do it. But there's there's going to be more to talk about. Things are going to happen. Woody Allen is always doing new projects. So let's see how it goes. For Simon, for the foreseeable future, until the next review or next super critical headline somewhere with the Allen. I want to say thanks for joining me on this part of the project which we are bringing to a close. You're welcome.
Nicely said, Simon. Nicely said. Yeah, so, I'm trying to hold back all the negative emotion from wasting my time. Good, because I'll just edit it out anyway. You should know that by now. So, guys, we want to thank you for listening to this basically two-hour last discussion podcast on the best, worst, and underrated with the Allen movies. Of course, let us know what your lists are on YouTube, down in the comments down below, on Twitter, whatever. You can, you can, you must, because he wants you to with all his heart and soul tweet simon at simeon no, underscore rad really on twitter don't. simeon underscore rad at twitter he's dying for your comments guys i don't even open that profile he ever lies. he lies you can get you know what fuck you you can get him on instagram as well i'm sure you can get him on simon rad i'll put it in the show notes guys but again conversate with us subscribe to the channel do not forget i have to say we put all this effort into the website woodyallenretro.com which you can find all our discussions reviews discussions critiques on woody allen and all that we are talked out we're going to get the hell out of here guys thanks for listening thanks for following us through this whole thing let us know what you think on anything and everything regarding this project woody allen you hate you love us whatever thanks for listening we'll see you somewhere in the future <laughs>